You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washington Citizen, Jake Martin, on the greatest day of the year. National Signing Day. Greatest day of the year? Is it still the greatest day of the year? Yeah, maybe a little uh, watered down compared to what it has been in the past, mm-hmm. but it is still National Signing Day, day that uh, dreams come true. Yeah, it's still an exciting day for several student-athletes, and we'll try to keep you updated on who all signed. At 1045, will I still have that same enthusiasm no. in my voice? You will be, especially after last night, yes. you will be worn down. Uh, plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Or, of course, we want to hear from you. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State from hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Yes, it is National Signing Day. Throughout the next uh, two hours, we'll try to break you the news as it comes. But quite frankly, locally, a lot of the signings will take place after we get off the air at 9. Jake and I will be uh, running around northeast Louisiana trying to bring you the best uh, coverage that we possibly can. Uh, locally, it pretty much all starts at uh, 9 o'clock with Oak Grove. Uh, John Bolding will be uh, signing on the dotted line for ULM. Pretty good get for the Warhawks considering the schools that were after him. No doubt. And also, uh, Donald Gray will be signing with, with them as well. But at the same time... Donald Gray will be signing with Trinity out of Oak Grove. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, at 9 o'clock, Washita will have its uh, signing day ceremony where they'll have uh, several players. And in fact, they'll, they'll even have the three players that signed early. Of course, talking about Jabari Johnson, uh, Jaden Harris, and uh, Josh Newton. They will also be... Um, represented on stage as well a uh, big thing uh planned out at ruston uh, later today big day for the bearcats football program probably the biggest signing day with a number of players and high profile players will actually take place at richwood this morning considering what they did this past year and the kids that they have signing and where they're going pretty exciting times for richwood football oh very exciting i mean you got jaquarius spivey signing with mississippi state you've got hadari caesar signing with tcu uh, that's just two uh, among a lot of defensive players who will be signing their letter of intent. Louisiana Tech is having a little bit of a signing day party during the noon hour. ULM is not considering the majority of their class is already uh, was signed in the early signing period. Uh, Grambling's having something later today around 3 o'clock or so. And obviously we'll keep tabs on what LSU is doing, what they've already had, what, 16 signed in the early signing period. So they only have a couple spots remaining. LSU has four spots remaining, so we'll get into all of that later on in the show. Big news, top headline. we got to start. We heard from uh, Natchitoches Central's head coach (laughs) yesterday on the show, Micah Coleman, previewing the big ball game against Jeremy Madison squad from Washita. It's not often you have a number one versus a number two squaring off in hoops. That was the case last night at the Madhouse on Millhaven. I would say the game lived up to the hype with the Lions winning a squeaker 69-68. They take down the top-ranked team in the state. Yeah, so there were three takeaways from this game, three huge things that happened. The first of which we have to go here first, the coach incident. Now, uh, Mike Coleman and Jeremy Madison 
let me set it up this way. There were some calls. I'll say this. The referees, I'm not, I hate to be the guy that, that uh. hates on the referees, the officials, but they, they blew some calls, first of all. And second of all, they did a bad job of controlling the game. For instance, Micah Coleman was on the court a lot of the game and was constantly going to ha- half court to protest calls and just they, they did not control the game so he was literally on the court he spent more time on the court than he did <laughs> off of it last night so you know this is happening and he's obviously frustrated because there were some bad calls there was one bad i was sitting Ooh, right jake piling on the officials well i was sitting right by him and and he, he was getting agitated and after every call he would you know definitely let the officials hear about it but I could sense a change in, in, in the air whenever um, he was talking to his point guard, Brian White, the, the point guard we talked about yesterday, who was, who was absolutely brilliant last night, had 26 points. Brian White was a, just crossed half court, was dribbling the ball, was being defended, and uh, Micah Coleman's having a conversation with him, telling him what he wants to do, and then they get a five-second call. You get that five-second call, and I looked over at, at Micah Coleman, and he is just turning red. Mm. He didn't say it. That's the first time he didn't say anything to the officials. I was like, uh-oh. So, it's you know, they, they led for most of the game, Nack and Central did, and then Washita makes this incredible comeback. And it's 60. They were down by 14 in the second half. It's 60-54 to 54 with four minutes left, and Paul King drives, gets fouled, and just throws up a shot toward the goal. And the officials blew that it was a continuation foul, that he would get two free throws. Well, a Nacka Central player just carelessly swats the ball away as it's coming down. So, therefore, goaltending. So, now it's 60-56, and Nacka Central loses their mind. They thought it was a bad call. They thought it should have been on the floor. So, Coleman immediately goes. Officials went over it first and addressed the situation with Coleman, told him about it. Then the officials got back together at at the free throw line. They have a little huddle. They're having discussions taking place. And at the same time, Coleman still remains at midcourt. And uh, Coach Madison doesn't want to get left out of the conversation. So So, he walks over near Coleman. Then they start having a little bit of a discussion while the officials are still on the free throw line having their huddle. There's another powwow taking place between Madison and Coleman at midcourt. Well, and at first, Madison came over, and the officials were still there by Coleman. And so Madison walks up to one official, and I, I saw, I heard what he said. He said, the basket counts, right? And so then the official turns away and goes back to the free throw line for another meeting, leaving Madison and Coleman by themselves at, at half court. Mm-hmm. My goodness, they start elbowing each other, and then it mm-hmm. it's a little shove, and then as as soon as there's like a little shove, the players are right there. KD Wallace was there for his coach; he was coming over to. And he's the one that, of course, uh, got in the middle of it and was in the wrong. And then uh, there was a shove that took place, or a little bit of a push that involved both towards his coach and Coleman. And then, of course, all heck broke loose. All heck broke loose. Uh, the, I will say. Who did a good job last night was the security officers because they got on the floor yeah. fast. And, and school administrators from Washington. Yeah, they did a great job. They they uh, they definitely calmed things down and, and restored order. If you'd like to see the video of it, uh, shameless plug, go to KNOE.com and you can see our recap from last night. That'll be one of the major talking points yeah. of this game. Ultimately, also, uh, the Washington Lions were without their best player, arguably Willie LaPoole, in the first half. Yeah. 
He's uh, benched coach's decision for the first half. In the second half, he comes back and makes up for lost time. He, that's the other, you know, this game had so many amazing storylines. That was the other big one, and that would have been the top storyline had the coach scuffle not happened. Willie Poole doesn't play the first half, comes out in the second half, and is an absolute monster from dunking the ball, from shooting threes, from giving Washtenaw that size advantage that it needed and, and taking advantage of it. He was an absolute monster. He had 19 points in the second half alone, sparked, helped spark that comeback, and Washtenaw held off Natchez Central 69-68. to 68. I'm sure your third talking point whenever you have number one versus number two in the country, in the country, in the uh, <laughs> in the state, this isn't a softball, is it? I'm sorry, Tim Whitman. This Ooh. isn't Ash versus uh, Washita, yeah. number one versus two in the country. But, no, in the state squaring off, you're expecting a, a large crowd. The crowd was a little disappointment, but the ones that were there were certainly into the ball game. And it was a wild and rowdy crowd there in the second half. The atmosphere was just amazing. And we, you know how that is when it comes to the Madhouse, when it's a close game. The students, you know, the students that come, they get so into it. NACA Central brought a good bit themselves. So there was some uh, back and forth banter between both students, student bodies, and it was really fun. But uh, I do got to say, Brian White and C.J. Carpenter, the two guards for NACA Central, Man, they are as good as advertised. White had 26 points. C.J. Carpenter had 24 points. They were special. And watching watching Washita try to defend those guys, and especially not having Willie the Pool on the floor, I was like, man, this could get ugly. Because, like you said, they went up by 12 um, in the first half and led by 12, I believe, in the second half as well. So, a huge luxury Natchez Central has, having especially a senior point guard like Brian White, Northwestern State signee. He's so composed and cool out there. It gives him a huge advantage to make another run at a state championship. We talked to both coaches uh, last night. We'll play first uh, Jeremy Madison just on the win for Washita against the top-ranked team in the state. Uh, yes, definitely a uh, war. Uh, great game, great excitement from the fans. Uh, can't ask for nothing better from uh, number one and number two seed out there. Uh, both teams played hard. Uh, first half they gave us uh, they gave us trouble getting to the basket. On the second half we made a few adjustments, came out, got timely stops, and just made shots uh, down the stretch. Guess the coach's decision not to play Willie in the first half. What was your message to him coming out of the locker room for the second half? Uh, just. Just play ball. That's the thing about it. Just play ball the second half. First half is over. Uh, there's Madison. Uh, later on in that interview, he went on to say, I asked him about the, uh, you know, the, the brouhaha between him and Coleman, and he mentioned that, of course, uh, just two competitors going at it got a little heated, uh, but, you know, they move forward from here. Now, if both uh, teams can take care of business, not like a district championship, uh, kind of loses of its luster now with the power rankings, but they would be co-district champions, correct, Jake? Correct, they would be. Um, yeah, they both went out because now they are tied, I believe, six and one in the district, uh, each having losses to the other. Uh, we got sound coming up later in the show. We'll share with you from uh, Natchitoches Central's head coach. He basically says that uh, they got the short end of the stick with the officiating. He'll also address the situation that took place between him and Madison. That's coming up later in the show. There was a couple other high school ball games uh, last night. We had somebody ask, could Ravel beat these two teams? Uh, Ravel actually played Washtenaw twice and beat Washtenaw twice this year. I mean, Ravel is, is just that good. Cream of the crop. Uh, I think they moved to 28-0 and last night. They take care of business 
against uh, Mangum. They were actually trailing in this ball game, I believe, 17 to 12. Don't pay attention to the first quarter when it comes to Rayville. It doesn't matter. What what matters is the second half. Well, I saw them against Beekman Charter first quarter. They put 42 on the board. Uh, they win last night 102 to 48 after trailing uh, 17 to 12. Uh, Simsboro continues to pour it up. They're also lighting up the scoreboard. They put up 101 points last night versus Shooter. 101 to 44. Two big district 2 3A ball games. Wasman yep. versus Union. Wildcats remain unbeaten in district play. Nice win for them against the Farmers. Casey Jones' squad continues to put it together. They roll 78 42. And Carroll versus Richwood. How about the Rams? Richwood pulling out a big one against Carroll, winning that one 52 42. Uh, OCS versus St. Frederick. A heated grudge game. Low scoring affair. OCS wins 40-31 to 31 against the Warriors. Yeah, so some big-time basketball. I, I was really shocked to see that Wasman score. You know, Union coming into that game as the number seven team, Wasman really put it on them. Uh, a couple headlines. The big one from the National Football League. So the Colts pretty much thought they had it uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, correct? <laughs> well, I don't know because reading more about this, apparently Josh McDaniels was hesitant from the start, and that's why they had another meeting with Jim Ursay because he didn't feel he, – he, he told them that he had to mull over the decision because he was having trouble, you know, processing moving out of New England. Huh. Yeah. But – And Kraft comes back and says, yeah, here, we'll offer you some more money, and perhaps there was some kind of side deal where he says, hey, well, when this thing ends with Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. there will be a spot for you, perhaps. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to be the guy, Aaron. Uh, after watching the two Bills, it feels so much like that that situation where they, they wanted to hang on to Bill Belichick so he could be the replacement for Parcells. And it just kind of feels like that. And, you know, after every – this week, so many people have – you've heard of every kind of hot take about the Patriots and with Malcolm Butler and Bill Belichick and is he on his way out, blah, blah, blah. Is this the end of the dynasty? And so seeing this after all of that, days removed from, from all of that, it's just funny to, to think about it and go, I'm I'm fairly confident that this is a move by Kraft to say, hey, you are the future. You are going to be the next head coach. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I feel confident and, and saying that he will be the next. And Tom Brady, you think he probably just says, hey, Josh, I'll make you as many smoothies as you want to stay. <laughs> we need you to make another run. We can't lose both coordinators. Well, he likes Josh because he can yell at him and yeah. without any repercussions. Uh, the other big thing, and, and we'll read Malcolm Butler's statement uh, later in the show, just as that fallout continues, why he only played one team, one play on special teams in the Super Bowl. But uh, NFL Films, they do an incredible job with having players and fans and coaches mic'd up. Uh, the part with uh, Foles coming to the sidelines and everybody just figured mm. and assumed that it was Doug Peterson that made the gutsy call, right. the trick play on fourth and goal. He said, let's go for it. And then Foles says, Philly special. Peterson looked at him for literally a second or two, said, yep, let's go. I thought it was well done. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very revealing. Cool. Yeah. Also, real quick, uh, some NBA news. Porzingis suffered a torn ACL. Uh which means he joins the list of Boogie, Gordon Hayward, Kevin Love, Paul Millsap, Mike Conley, Kawhi Leonard, John Wall, all these players sidelined with injuries this year. Sounds like the NFL. It does. It really does. It's so tremendous amount of injuries in the NBA this year. 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. 
Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. All right, man, this is uh, quite a stacked show tonight, in addition or today. In addition to National Signing Day, Dr. Saul Graves will join us at 7.30. If you've got a medical question or two, please hit us up. Brooks Store joins us at 7.45. Big game for the Lady Textures tonight as they score off against Rice. Keith Richard joins us for his weekly visit. Warhawks getting ready to go on the road. The uh, Georgia swing coming up this week following the loss to ULL over the weekend. And at 7.15, coming up in the next segment, we will talk a little uh, Louisiana Tech Football National Signing Day with Ben Carlisle. Yes, and we'll talk about ULM and Grambling and Trent asks, who's signing with my Tigers? We'll get to that, Trent. We'll discuss all National Signing Day topics. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on this National Signing Day. The way you purchase a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Men, you know how you can never find the right gift for that special woman in your life? Here's the answer from Spa Nouvelle. It's Spa Nouvelle's Spa Day Escape. The Spa Day Escape includes a 90-minute luxurious massage, 90-minute red carpet facial treatment, and lunch. Get her a special gift from Spa Nouvelle. 1705 Lammy Lane in Monroe. Call Spa Nouvelle at 807-1060. That's 807-1060. Happy birthday, Greg Tilly's in Bossier City. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly. It is hard to believe 40 years in business in Bossier City. We have been truly blessed, and we thank you for your business. Save thousands now on a new double-wide for only $49,995. And visit our photo gallery at tillyshomes.com. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Wednesday morning, National Signing Day. We always love catching up with Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Ben? How you doing this morning? Oh, doing pretty good, fellas. How y'all doing today? Good. I failed to mention this in the headlines, and I should have... Uh, some tough news for the Louisiana Tech basketball program yesterday. We kind of could see that the writing on the wall with the big seven-footer, Janae White, uh, has called it a career at Louisiana Tech due to the, the heart issues that he's had over the course of the last couple years. Yeah, certainly a tough situation for him to go through. And like you said, uh, I think the writing was pretty much on the wall. And uh, he's had such a tough career dealing with those heart issues. I know he missed most of the 2015-2016 issue uh, season with the heart issue, and it flared back up again a couple of weeks ago. So 
tough to see him leave the program. I know he was always a fan favorite, uh, a kid that, uh, you know, he just seemed like he was always having fun out on the court. And I think that's what Bulldog fans will miss most. And, uh, you know, certainly wish him the best in uh, whatever he uh, does in his future. I know he anticipates on graduating in May, which is most important. All right, Ben. I know you had this uh, first for your subscribers. Uh, Louisiana Tech picks up a big transfer, former LSU lineman uh, Willie Allen. Tell us a little bit about how this came about and maybe perhaps what kind of impact that he can make for the Dogs. Yeah, it was certainly a big pickup Sunday afternoon when Willie Allen announced his commitment to Louisiana Tech. Six foot seven, three hundred pound offensive lineman, like you mentioned, that formerly signed with LSU out of high school from John Curtis High School. Uh, had an interesting recruitment uh, once he did end up at Tyler Junior College. Uh, I know he played most of the 2017 season with a knee injury, uh, which I think you know limited him uh, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, which allowed uh, for some of the Power Five schools uh, to back off of him some, which uh, allowed Tech to get in the picture here pretty late. I know he visited UTSA two weeks ago before visiting uh, Tech this past week, but. Uh, you know, as of about two weeks ago, we began to hear that really it was just uh, a matter of time before he did commit to Tech when he did come on his official visit. And, uh, once he came to Ruston, he made it official. And like you said, a big-time pickup who uh, has three years of eligibility remaining, and uh, I think he'll slide right in and have an opportunity uh, to start at that right tackle spot if all goes well in the summer and into fall practice. Ben, I'm getting old, so I got a bad memory. The big kid that transferred from LSU that was from Edna Carr, where his career didn't pan out for the Bulldogs, who, what was his name? Derek Edinburgh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, just, he didn't I, exactly pan out for the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to rain on anybody's parade, just saying sometimes it doesn't work out with these uh, transfers, but hopefully it will with Willie Allen. Heard a portion of your show last night, uh, very, uh, very good. What I really enjoyed was the fact you kind of looked back a little bit at the last recruiting classes or so. And a lot of times with these group of five schools, in these national rankings, you can't put much into them until literally, you know, two or three years, and you can kind of see what kind of impact they've made at the school. Overall, how would you assess what uh, Louisiana Tech and Skip Holtz have done over the course of the last couple of years? Well, I think it's been particularly impressive. When you look at the past two years, obviously you look at the 2017 class a year ago as a smaller class from a national perspective and a G5 perspective. Uh, might not be that impressive on paper, but when you look at the freshmen that contributed, particularly Amik Robertson, I don't think uh, that you can be you know, not satisfied with that class. But that's going to be determined more down the road how that class really pans out. And then going back to 2014, 2015, 2016, you know, Tech has really hit on, you know, about 60% of the guys in that class, and really that's the goal from a coaching staff perspective, and that's what we really looked at last night. You know, you're going to miss on four or five kids that are never really heard from in every recruiting class, uh, regardless of university, and it's, it's just crazy that a staff spends so much time putting all this together, knowing that, you know, the odds are against you, you know, landing the perfect uh, class that's going to contribute, you know, 90 to 100 percent of those guys. But overall, uh, I've been particularly impressed what, you know, Coach Holtz and his staff have done. And I think this 2017 class has an opportunity to rival the 2014 class that Tech signed uh, that had the likes of, you know, Cedric Cooper, Jalen Ferguson, some all-conference type players in it. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Tech's been doing a nice job on the recruiting trail, and 2018 might be the best class that they have put together. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about that class. Uh, you know, the early signing period, they did a majority of their work, but still some pretty big names and pickups still out there for the dogs today. I think we have to start with uh, Smoke Harris down at West Feliciana. Richwood and Northeast Louisiana fans certainly know how special this kid is. He was a commit to Louisiana Tech. Is he still expected to sign with the dogs today? Yeah, Smoke Harris is expected to sign. He and his teammate Derek Turner at West Feliciana, another late pickup for Tech. Uh, they had all offers from Auburn, Missouri, uh, TCU, and a couple others. Uh, both of them are expected to sign around 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, you mentioned Smoke Harris. You know, I've heard him described as possibly the most electrifying uh, athlete or playmaker in the entire state. I think if he was 5'10", 5'11", I'm not sure he's coming to Louisiana Tech. But uh, he is expected to sign. I know it was a long process, but he's been firm with Tech throughout. And uh, hopefully they can get his signature this morning and uh, get him on campus this summer. How does he transition to the college ranks? I mean, is, is he an every down back or more of a third down back special teams game breaker type player? Yeah, I think Tate views him more as a wide receiver, to be honest with you. I think they're going to put him in, in some of those jet sweep packages, you know, get him back there on some punts and kickoffs. Uh, and, you know, the new age college football, I don't know. Uh, you see teams recruiting more uh, specific players, not exactly that player that's well rounded coming into college, more or less that guy that has one special attribute and, you know, they try to shore up the other things. I think he's one of those guys that you just want to get him the ball in space. And I think you'll see Tech do that, whether it's at receiver or running back. They're going to try to get the ball in his hands, whether it's eight to ten touches a game, uh, which is probably, you know, what he can handle uh, being his size. I don't think you want to try to get him 18 to 20 touches with his body frame. But, uh, yeah, if you get him eight to ten touches, whether it's in the return game or uh, on some jet sweeps, I think that's the perfect role for him when he does get on campus. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Ben, give us another name or two we should look forward to seeing today sign on the dotted line that will make an impact at Louisiana Tech. Yeah, we, we talked earlier about, you know, Willie Allen. He's probably the, the biggest name today to sign. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Derek Turner, an athlete out of mm-hmm. West Feliciana. He'll play safety for Tech, uh, 5'11", 185. He was the quarterback on that state championship for West Feliciana. And then another guy I'm excited about is Stephen Shaw out of the Houston area. He's a defensive end, six foot five, two sixty. He has an opportunity. Uh, he'll po- probably develop into a defensive tackle uh, when it's all said and done. But uh, if you watch his tape, he's really good with his hands, and he has an opportunity to uh, possibly come in and play early uh, for a Bulldog defensive line, especially at the tackle spot that's looking for some run stuffers in the middle. Ben, uh, listeners out there want to get more information from you and Bleed Tech Blue. What do they need to do? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Bleed Tech Blue, or you can uh, join our site for as little as 8.33 a month. Uh, obviously, we'll have signing day covered uh, from start to finish. Uh, we'll be at the signing day lunch, and Skip Holtz has a press conference today at 1.30. So you can join us at BleedTechBlue.com uh, for the best Louisiana Tech signing day coverage around. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Uh, you do see Twitter. You look at your Twitter line right now. Uh, ULM football, always in need of a lineman. Uh, just announced uh, Blake Loads, his offensive lineman, six foot seven, 317 pounds. So he's got a nice frame. Yeah. He participated in the Blue-Gray All-American game at AT&T Stadium. Two-year starter at Lake Ridge High School in Mansfield, Texas. He is signed for ULM. Another offensive lineman, 
Zach Bro, six foot four, three hundred and twenty-five pounds. He was a two-year starter. Brother Martin down in New Orleans. He was a first-team All-State 5A as a senior for them. So uh, two linemen signed on the dotted line for ULA. They also uh, just signed a running back, Isaiah Phillips, who rushed for 1,943 yards and 26 touchdowns at Lufkin, Texas High School. Mm. Uh, so some, some nice pickups for ULM early this morning. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Dr. Saul Graves joins us on the morning drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. New year, new you. Let Pina's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked, and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Pina's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe, or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Pina's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self. Maybe even better, whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Welcome back to the show. We love catching up with the doctors on Wednesday morning. Dr. Saul Graves joins us this morning on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Saul? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, we've had this discussion before, but I certainly want to bring it up again with this being National Signing Day. What are your memory, memories from uh, National Signing Day and uh, signing on the dotted line with LSU? Was it a big hoopla, a big event out there at OCS? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how, how things have changed. You know, it, uh, obviously it was, it was a very special day. But, you know, in, in those days, which was, which was 1986, uh, February of 86 is when I signed with LSU. Uh, actually, at that time, the coaches could come uh, to the signing uh, parties or, or whatever you had, and, and, and we really didn't. I don't remember many people having signing days at their school. Maybe some did. We actually had a, uh, a deal at our house. I had a bunch of people over, and, and uh, Coach Pete Jenkins, who just who just retired from LSU, uh, was was the coach who had recruited me, and wow. he came to our house, and, and uh, we signed. I think I signed at about seven thirty at night, um, and uh, you know it was it was a great lot, lot of fun. My coaches were there, and, and friends, and so. 
Uh, it's, it's certainly a big memory. And in fact, I just ran across a picture of Coach Jenkins you know, at, at my signing day, and, and which was which was pretty special considering what he's meant to LSU and the fact that he's just just re- retired this past year. So uh, it was a lot a lot of fun. Certainly very different than than the way things are done now. I can see why the NCAA did away with that. Some of the issues that that might create, just having assistant coaches or head coaches just lining up outside a, a recruit's house <laughs> to see where he's going to sign the, that day. Yeah, and uh, I think even that year was there was a great example of that you know, Harvey Williams, who ended up signing uh, with LSU, who was one of the top recruits in the country. You know, he didn't make his decision until you know the very last moment in 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 in, uh, in Texas, and so that was one of those deals where. You know, they were kind of hoping because it was, you know, a big deal, too, to have a coach at your, at your signing day. You know, everybody wanted to coach there. And so um, it also, I'm sure, put a lot of stress stress on the coaches trying to trying to get around to the different places to, to be at, at, at people's signing day. So I'll be in a former quarterback. I know you like offense, but you also like to watch a defensive struggle a little bit. What did you make of the Super Bowl and, of course, the record number of yards put up by both teams? Well, I tell you what, I loved it. I mean, I love offensive football, and, and in, in my opinion, it's one of the most exciting Super Bowls that, that, that uh, I've ever watched. And, um, you know, and, I, and I've, I've said it before, you know, I think Tom Brady's the, the best quarterback ever played football. And, and uh, you know, to do what he did in that game, even though they lost, I just thought it was incredible. And, and to watch Doug Peterson and call that game and, and Nick Foltz, uh, you know, execute, execute it for, the, for Philadelphia, it was uh, – it was just fun to watch, and um, certainly happy for for Doug and um, and and for Philadelphia and, and, and Nick Foles as well. I mean, what a great story um, that he was, and to do and to come in and do what he did. It, it was, I think, that's pretty special. Even in a losing effort, do you still put Brady at number one ahead of perhaps guys like Montana during your era? Uh, absolutely, I think that uh, I don't think there's ever been anybody to to do the things that he's done. Um, and I think even in a losing effort, to me, it's one of the best games he's ever played uh, in that game. Uh, um, and, and against the defensive line that he was playing against, and the the, the pressure that he was under, um, and, you know, I just thought it was uh, I thought it was a great performance. Of course, Montana was was great as well. You know, my my favorite quarterback of all of all time um, was. Um, was I've come play the Denver quarterback. Uh, yeah, John um, John Elway, I can, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was actually the one that I grew up, you know, loving and following, and and um, uh, you know, of course, I you know he he didn't have near the the Super Bowls that that those two guys did, but still, you know, great quarterback also. All right, uh, Doctor Saul Graves, a couple medical questions for you. Coaches have a lot to worry about, but you wouldn't think mumps would be one of them. But uh, James Madison is postponing uh, games to a potential mumps outbreak. How rare is something like this to happen on a campus or in a locker room? Yeah, pretty rare. You know, I don't think I've ever even discussed mumps since I was in since I was in medical school, and you know, don't take care of them either as an orthopedic surgeon. But it's interesting to read about that. You know, I, you know, I asked my wife last night. I was like, you know, asking her about you know vaccinations and things like that, and and we all you know have to have an MMR vaccine and then and then a second booster, and I think the 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 studies have shown that you know if you've had those two vaccinations, the the, the, the initial one and then the booster, that it's, it's like a less than ten percent chance that you would ever contract mumps, and then if you do, it's a very mild case. So uh, it, it's crazy that they've had an outbreak like that, and, and apparently they're trying to vaccinate the whole team, and they've got several 
several guys, uh, including coaches, that have come down with it. And, you know, it's one of those kind of things I think it's just like the flu uh, as far as the viral illness and, and as far as the, the way it's transmitted. So, obviously, close contact is a way that, that um, you can transmit the virus. And so they're taking a lot of precautions to try to keep it from uh, from, from spreading any further, which is you know, it's, it's crazy. I know they had a few outbreaks on the LSU campus last year, not, not in, with the athletic teams, but just with the student population, which is a little scary as well. The more common issue typically inside locker rooms is something that coaches and, of course, trainers and staffs deal with all the time is uh, staff infections. Uh, how, how has perhaps the education and prevention uh, played a bigger role in the last couple of years that you've seen either at a high school or college campus? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, uh, it was probably three or four years ago that there was a, a sort of a widespread outbreak of uh, what's called MRSA, which is the which is the uh, drug resistant staff, um, which is resistant to, to many many of the antibiotics we used to use to treat staff, and it, it was happening in locker rooms all over the country. And so there was a real concerted effort and uh, a lot of um, you know education about how how best to to prevent, you know, staff outbreaks in locker rooms, which which includes, you know, things like just dis- disinfecting the locker room, uh, covering open wounds, and, and and other things like that. And so it's done. A, you know, I think, uh, you know, coaching staffs and training staffs and equipment staffs have done a great job uh, to try to help prevent that. As, as I don't think we see near as much of it now as we, as we used to, but it's still a, it's still a scary situation when when that breaks out among a team. All right, Saul, this is right in your wheelhouse, something you deal with as a doctor than as a father. Baseball season right around the corner. A lot of youngsters, parents and coaches getting out there and starting to really toss it around. What advice would you give uh, them just in terms of getting ready for this season without throwing out your arm right from the start? That's a great question. and I've actually already begun to see some, some players with some early arm injuries and Really, the, what we see most often this time of year are just you know tendonitis type uh, injuries, especially affecting the shoulder, sometimes the elbow, and it's due to the fact that you know you, you're you're beginning to throw a lot more than, than you have before. And I, I think the high school coaches do a great job of, of monitoring you know how much a kid's throwing, especially in terms of, of pitchers. You know, trying to to not uh, pitch them so much early on. You know, one of the big big issues early on is there's so many tournaments. That happened at the beginning of the season. You know, you're in it for about three weekends straight, and maybe even four in some cases. You know, you're playing games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, it's probably usually twice on Saturday, so so you have to use a um, rely on a lot of pitchers, and sometimes you don't have a lot of pitchers, and and that can cause some problems because of the amount of of uh, innings and, and pitches that a kid has to throw. So. You know, that's something that needs to be monitored. And I think also, especially with young kids, I think educating them as to, you know, if your arm is hurting, you need to let somebody know. You know, you don't need to keep trying to throw and, and, and throw through it. Uh, just the mere fact that you're going to you're gonna cause more problems with your arm. So if your arm starts to, to is sore, you need to let your coach or your, or, your, or your parents know, and that way you can rest your arm uh, before you before you cause more damage uh, to it. So, um Anyway, it's, it's always an exciting time of the year. You know, great, the good weather's around the corner, hopefully. And, uh, you know, springtime in baseball would be fun to watch. Uh, we've been doing these segments with you guys for a couple of years now. This may actually be our number one topic now, uh, the status of uh, Andrew Luck. Now just coming down, Chris Mortensen reporting that it looks like that uh, he may have to have further surgery on that shoulder after playing uh, next year. 
I guess that probably doesn't come as a surprise to you, Dr. Sawgraves, considering uh, how long it's taken him to come back from this original shoulder surgery. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think we actually talked about this around July when yeah. when it wasn't looking like he was coming back and, and, and throwing the way you would expect. And, you know, with a label repair, even though it can take a long time to, to come back from, usually by six months, especially in a football player, um, you know, you should be back throwing and, and doing some things. And the fact that he just was not responding well at that point indicated that something just wasn't quite right. And, and it, it sounds like that, that perhaps, um, you know, something else is going on. And, and, and I don't believe from what we've heard, he's had a new injury. It just means that maybe he just didn't heal it. Uh, maybe there's another issue going on uh, as well. So, you know, I hate that for him as, you know, he's obviously got a bright future and, and started off you know well in his pro career, but, Looks like he may be sidelined for a little longer. If athletes out there need your assistance or perhaps a listener or two, where can they find you and your colleagues? Well, of course, we have our office, office main office on Louisville Avenue in Monroe. We've got satellite clinics in West Monroe and also in Ruston. We have a daily injury clinic that gets started around 9 o'clock each weekday morning and then also an after-hours clinic from 5 to 8 uh, weekday uh, nights except for Friday, and then Saturday morning we've got an after-hours clinic from 8 to 11, and those all take place at the uh, main office on Louisville and Monroe. So just I'm curious, uh, we talked about National Signing Day, your big day, uh, back in 86 uh, signing with LSU. How many guys from that state championship squad at OCS went on to play college football from you guys? Uh, that's a good question. Just in, in my senior class, we had uh, we had two guys, uh, Mike Shepard and Steve Hudson, that signed with the University of Arkansas. Wow. Uh, we had a guy, Casino Smith, that signed with, with uh, Northwestern. Um, had another one, John Spann, who signed with Harding. And then I also had some underclassmen, uh, including a guy named Matt Shepard, who was Mike's younger brother, who went on to, yeah. to uh, NLU and was all um, uh, South and Conference uh, for them. And uh, so we had a lot of good players in that team. It was a pretty uh, pretty special year, and, and um, uh, certainly National Signing Day was exciting that year because of the amount of guys that were signed. Uh, you guys were loaded. Wow, good stuff. Thanks, all. All right, guys. Thanks again for having me on. You bet. Always good stuff from uh, Dr. Saul Graves. And then the tie-in with Pete Jenkins. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> by the way, that OCS Harding connection has been around for a long time. It's worked out well for both. <laughs> yeah, it has. Um Another thing, you TV people drive me crazy. Oh, thank you. I was trying to watch Mario Goodrich's <clears throat> announcement, and it was supposed to be at 7.30, and then they delayed it to 7.40. Oh. They show him in studio, and now they're on a commercial break. You can oh. get on Facebook Live and actually watch it, though. Oh. He's one of LSU's big targets. Hmm. Uh, they have, The crystal ball has Clemson 74%, though. That's the only reason we drive you crazy? Well, it's just like, you know, you say you're, you're about to show something it's and then team, you delay yeah, it yeah, and then yeah. you continue to, to delay it. I mean, like, we like you know, time's important, Aaron. I mean, yeah, I y'all should appreciate people's time. Yeah, time is important. We're up against the break. We need to get to L.A. Texas head coach Brooks Store next. They have a big ball game against Rice tonight. Coach Store joins us after the break. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech 
be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Broken window? Sounds like you need Glassworks of West Monroe. Glassworks specializes in the highest quality residential glass. From insulated glass to protect your home from the worst weather to vinyl replacement windows with a lifetime warranty to custom installed mirrors and shower doors. Glassworks service is unmatched and their price is always competitive. Let them save you money. Glassworks, 800 Jonesboro Road across from the mill in West Monroe. 387-4747. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to The Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. We always love catching up with Lady Texter's head coach, Brooke Storr, on Wednesday morning. She joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? Doing great, Aaron. How are you? Uh, I'm still getting used to this uh, Conference USA schedule. you got a big ball game tonight versus Rice. Before we get into tonight's matchup, uh, mixed reviews, of course, on last week. Let's start with the good news. In fact, you guys go on the road and take care of Middle Tennessee, a program that you, traditionally you'd struggled with, or, of course, over the last uh, six <clears throat> games. You snapped that losing streak to the Blue Raiders in a convincing fashion. How nice was it to see a performance like that as you guys win 66-49 to on the road? Well, I thought we defended really well, and they've got the preseason conference player of the year and Alex Johnson on the interior, and they've got a lot of size. They're probably one of the bigger teams in the league, and um, I thought we defended their interior extremely well, and, and we were able to do that one-on-one and not have to bring a double, and a lot of people have had to bring a double against them, and it's left their perimeter shooters, and they go four out, uh, one in, and allow that post player to work in there, and we were able to do that and, and guard their shooters on the three-point line and, and did a really good job of that. I was proud of our, our effort and uh, it's a tough place to play and um, we were really excited to, to take another step and I think again it, it's what comes to you know over the last four we've gone two and two but the last two weeks this team's gotten better and I think that we're seeing those things as a staff and it may not be reflective in our one loss record you know just going 500 in those last two weeks but um, we're seeing things that we know has to be right as we head into March. And so that's that's an encouragement to us. That road win, one of your better performances of the year? Uh, defensively, I thought we were really solid. I thought we were very stagnant for three quarters offensively, and, and they're a good defensive team. They um, force you to take contested shots and, and then don't allow you to get a lot of offensive rebounds. But our de- we were able to allow our defense to turn into some offense for us and, 
Kier Anthony got a couple of steals that led to some breakout layups. We were able to get some deflections um, and then be able to push and transition and get to the free throw line. It was the biggest thing. We were aggressive and we got to the free throw line 35 times and they started fouling with about two minutes to go. But um, I thought we were very aggressive um, up until that point in order to get to the free throw line. That was, I thought that was big. We had uh, good performances from uh, Rihanna Cleaver and, and Nikki McDonald and uh, Alexis Malone inside. So that was that was good to see. After that win, you return home for a Sunday afternoon showdown before the Super uh, Super Bowl scoring off against UAB. Unfortunately, they get the best of you. Uh, your major takeaways from that game? Well, I thought you know they they beat us on the boards, and that was a big big thing um, coming out of that game of just knowing you know, we we got five offensive rebounds, and you know that's one of the things that this group has done really well of, of rebounding margin and. Um, we just didn't do that on on Sunday, and uh, we they hit 17 threes. They're the best three point shooting team in the league, um, right up there with uh, Rice, who will play tonight. And they had 17 threes on Friday night. We knew we had to guard the three point line. The four of the top ten uh, three point shooters in in the league on their roster, and usually are on the floor at the same time. And so we thought we uh, did a really good job for three quarters. Held them to two threes. In those first three quarters, then we had a post player that's hit two threes all year, hits one in the corner, and kind of gets them going. We have a four-point lead with two minutes to go, and um, they hit back-to-back threes, one on a miscommunication, that one on the post player, and then one on a miscommunication where we don't swear, we switch, and we both run with the wrong player, same player, and we leave their point guard open and hits her first three. And, um, you know, we go down one, have a great look in the paint, and it goes down and comes out, and we end up uh, fouling go down three and then end up um, missing a shot and having to foul again. So I thought we defended really well. They, you know, were scoring in the 70s and uh, we held them to under 60 until those last free throws and um, end up getting them to 66. But, you know, again, it was just the boards. Um, You know, we didn't get the the type of effort that we need um, from our our rebounding standpoint. And that's something that this this group has to be very good at. We've got to defend, we've got to rebound, and then we've got to – be able to get a, get some second chance points and create some offense um, in those moments where we were, we're struggling to score. After a loss like that on a Super Bowl Sunday, are you even uh, can you even enjoy the wings or go to a, and watch the game or enjoy the game, or are you just rehashing and thinking and breaking down film of your loss? Oh yeah, we you know the game was on in the background, but I was breaking down film and preparing for you know because we got two games this week so this is a week where we go Sunday Wednesday Saturday and there's really no time to sit around and and pout and worry about things you've got to correct and teach and we came back on Monday and um, talked about some things in film and broke down some things for them and then went out on the floor and and started preparing for ice and um, that's the one part about you get in the season and you know it's you can't dwell on whether it's a win or a loss you can't dwell on it you've got to be able to build on it and, and grow and learn and, and move on to the next one so um, you know there weren't there weren't a lot of wings going on at our house so <laughs> we uh, we just pre- just continue to prepare you know or we let our kids you know watch a little bit then put them to bed so yeah. um, just kind of typical season stuff for us. And you got a huge matchup tonight against Rice, an Owl squad that comes in uh, red hot. They have won 12 of their last 13 games, 17 and three overall, seven and one in conference play. What has made them so dangerous this season? Well, I think they've been very balanced offensively. They've got um, 
uh, Erica Ogumake is a, a versatile player for them that can put it on the floor. She she'll bring the ball up the floor at times. She'll take it, grab a rebound, take it in transition, and lead them in the break. She can put her head down and get to the rim. She averages ten rebounds a game um, and is about five nine, five ten, maybe five uh, nine, probably and just a very aggressive player. They shoot the three really well. They're, they're shooting about 27 threes a game. So, again, it's um, another game that we've got to defend the three-point line really well. They're running, um, you know, Princeton offense where they're going to spread you out, be very methodical. And when you make a mistake and, and don't communicate well defensively, then they're going to pick you apart and, and take what the defense gives you. And they're, they'll run a lot of shot clock. I think if you look at, you know, you see what they're giving up defensively, 52 a game um, in league play, a lot of that is because it's, they're they're controlling tempo, they're controlling possession, and um, the other teams just don't get a lot of possessions because they run a lot of shot clock. So we've got to do a great job of taking advantage of our offensive possessions that we get. And then we defensively, we've got to be very solid from a communication standpoint. And we've got to be physical you know, they're not a super physical team, um, and I feel like that's one area that this group can excel in um, in, in this league, and we've got to we've got to get back to that. I thought we did a great job in the first half of that or first quarter of that um, UAB game on Sunday, and, and you know we're up 19-12, and they couldn't guard us inside. They go zone, and we got a little stagnant and stopped throwing the ball inside, and we got in foul trouble and, and sat um, you know our bigs for a while. So we've got to do that tonight. We've got to be ready to go and be aggressive and. You know, for us, it's another great test. And, um, again, it's an, another opportunity to get better and prepare um, for the conference tournament. Lady Texas versus Rice at the Thomas Assembly Center, tipping off at 6.30 tonight. Little-known fact, and uh, Brooks' uh, playing career as a Lady Texas, her team only lost uh, one conference game during the entire four years. And, Brooke, was that to Rice? It was by one point at their place. And, um our group missed a lot of free throws that night, and wow. it was uh, not a pretty sight. Where, you know, that's one, I, one, one game I wish we could get back. You know, it would have been great to have a perfect record in, in conference play in four years, but um, we didn't, and give them credit. They beat us that night, and, and we definitely weren't at our best. And um, I don't think, I think Coach Barmer would tell you we didn't have much help from the officials that night either. <laughs> Thanks, Brooke. I'll see you tonight. All right. Have a great night. Uh, Louisiana Tech versus Rice tonight. They're going to have their hands full against an Iowa squad that is playing extremely well. Just let that sink in, though. Four years as a Lady Texter lost one conference game. Wow. It helps when I turn the mic up. It does help when you turn my mic up. But uh, thanks. Should have done that to Collinsworth at the Super Bowl? It should have. (laughs) I got a couple of national signing days. What you got? So, first of all, Mario Goodrich did pick Clemson. He was one of LSU's – final targets the four-star cornerback and so now all eyes go to James Foster the quarterback from Alabama who will be signing at 10 a.m. and people think he's uh, pretty heavy lean to Florida State so we'll we'll discuss more about what LSU does if that doesn't happen in the next hour Uh, want to mention real quick uh, we had the biggest flip of the day happen Uh, four-star defensive tackle uh, Bobby Brown who was committed to Alabama filed his uh, papers to Texas A&M. Jimbo Ooh. Fisher stole one from Nick Saban. So Ooh. four-star defensive tackle spurns the tide and goes with Texas A&M. You know how much I despise these uh, recruiting services, but I do take a peek at them occasionally. Uh, <laughs> Rivals uh, has right now, we've mentioned this before, just what Georgia continues to do. Right now they have the Bulldogs 
pegged as the top uh, program right now for this recruiting class. Uh, 22 overall, seven of those being five stars. I thought the most startling thing I've seen so far, we always think year in and year out, Alabama is going to have the best recruiting class in the country, at least top three. Rivals right now has uh, Nick Saban's group at number 10. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, usually, so this is why it's different. Usually you see Bama come into signing day and they're not in that top rank spot, but then they just have a humongous national signing day. It's different now because most of the, the, the bigger targets are already signed with someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that affects them. I don't think anybody's going to catch Georgia, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting where Bama finishes because Bama's usually, you know, within the top three from when you know, national signing day finishes. Uh, right now they got Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Texas having a heck of a uh, year. Uh, 26 overall, uh, one five-star 16 four stars, including uh, according to rivals. Penn State coming in at number four, Miami at five, Oklahoma at six, Auburn, Notre Dame, Washington, and then Alabama at 10, LSU at 11. Jake's not concerned, though, says if they can finish strong today, they should be in the top 10. They should be. I mean, Patrick Sertan's going to put them in there if he does go LSU with LSU, and I think he will, although it is a tight race between LSU and Bama. What a swing that would be uh, for either team. He's a five-star cornerback. And then you look at, you know, Kelvin Joseph. He's, you know, a tiger, basically. He's a four-star safety. And then Jamar Chase, who is a five-star receiver on some service, some recruiting website services. Uh, I'm pretty confident he's going to be a tiger. So we'll see how that shakes out. And I think that will, you know, if they get those three, which I know they're going to get at least two of those, I think it will still put them in the top ten. So uh, Jimbo Fisher with uh, shots fired, though, early in this recruiting Shots fired, and I don't have the reason why this happened just now, but for some reason, uh, Twitter has been suspending um, some some people's official Twitters, and Missouri football's account got suspended on National Signing Day. Not sure why. And then I think Georgia and UCS was as well. Georgia had like 13 followers because of it. I don't know. A lot of weird things happening on Twitter. I'll get to the bottom of that and, and share what's going on. Let's take a time out. 7 o'clock hour in the books coming up around the corner. Keith Richard, ULM's head coach, joins us for his weekly visit. Keep the text coming at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. The Morning Drive is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.